three, click. Wait, were we saying click or clicking? Just click. Just click. Okay, so that was the practice, and now we'll do it for real? Uh, I'm already recording, so... Uh... Oh, I, I know okay. you wanted it. I, I know you wanted an episode where we don't say, OK, I pressed it. But this has already become much worse. I just think that people don't like to be reminded that they're listening to something that was recorded. They like to think that we're actually inside their cell phone talking live or their car. I mean, they could be listening to it in their car. Yeah, through I, their cell phone. Though. I think I think what we need to we need to, we take need to like focus a on immersion. We need, we need a we need a census of what do we have mostly phone listeners? Do we have mostly headphone listeners? Do we have mostly car listeners? Do we have shower listeners? Are you listening to it while you're digging up a grave of somebody who you're going to rob uh, their, you know, their, their, dis, their decaying body from? What are you, how are you listening? How do you, what do you do when you're listening to our podcast listeners? How do you do it when you're doing it? Okay. How do you do what you do when you do what you do? So please just fill, write that write that down on a piece of paper, put it in an envelope, and ship it to us. Uh, and then we'll we'll be able to cater our our content more closely to to your experiences. Um, Jake, you had a soundboard for like two episodes, and now you don't have a soundboard. Well, what happened was I got a new phone and I haven't bothered to set it all up yet. So How long ago did you get this phone? Last week. Okay. Okay. So you've had a week. I feel like we lost the soundboard before then, though. We lost it a couple weeks ago. Well, look, I've got I've got plenty of valuable excuses why it happened, but... Just rest assured it'll be back, okay? All right. Um, you heard it just here know, first, folks. Just know deep down in your heart that it'll be back. Jake's making promises. Hopefully he can keep. He's. It's almost like... I feel like this is... Um, uh, this was what Christopher Nolan was telling fans before they shot uh, Dark Knight. He was saying... Um, you know, rest assured, Heath Ledger will be back for the next movie. The Joker will be back in the next He said movie. that before they shot it. Before they cast Heath Ledger. He's like, guys, don't worry. The Joker's going to be in the third one. <laughs> no doubt about it in my mind, he'll be back. <laughs> we wrote him into the story already. He's going to come back. Uh, speaking of Joker, I think that Todd Phillips is busy out there filming Joker too. Uh, extras just running rampant on the streets from what I saw. <laughs> I didn't really see any cameras. I was downtown. I was uh, I went I went to a blood bank, but uh, I couldn't pick up my usual my usual blood, uh, your what? deposit. You couldn't well, pick no, up your deposit. A de- I couldn't pick up with my withdrawal because I don't I don't deposit them. You don't pick up a deposit. I guess that's true. Yeah, my terminology yeah. was not right there. So I went down I to, the to the blood bank, bank a lot. I went down to the blood bank to pick up some blood, and there was just. It was wild. There was just people running all around, cop cars everywhere. Did anybody uh, loot the blood? Did you loot the blood? Did you try and loot the blood bank? No, the blood bank wasn't part of the set. So I, luckily I was away from the extras. Jake, it was just, Jake, did you go downtown Denver? Yeah. 
I don't think they're um, shooting a movie down there, but yeah, I thought I think it's the set of Joker too. It looked no, just I... like it looked like just like shots from Joker. Jake, I uh, that's not a movie, bud. That's uh, you were actually in danger there. Those are all real cops, real uh, real people protesting, real uh, weapons, real cars. You know, did you see anybody break into a building? Oh uh, yeah, I saw. Saw well, I saw a couple of people throw bricks. I saw one guy. He threw a brick, and then his friend threw a brick, and it hit him in the head. He hit the first guy in the head. The first guy got knocked out, so he had to drag the second guy. The second guy had to drag him but, away. Jake, that was uh, that could have been a murder you witnessed. That was real. No, I, Darren, it was a movie set. It's the set of Joker too. No, Jake. That's uh, no, Jake. There's there's actual riots going on around um, around the country right now. Yeah, because people are so excited to see the movie. There's actual no. metaphorical riots because people are so excited to see the second Joker movie. No, that the thing you saw in Denver, uh, that was all real. That guy who got hit in the head with a brick, he's probably in bad shape right now. He probably had to go to the hospital or he may have died. You may have witnessed a murder. No, it just winged him. What was the... <laughs> What was the guy dressed in that got hit by a brick? Um, he had a hazmat suit and then a gas mask on. A hazmat suit? He had a hazmat suit on? Like a yellow hazmat suit? Or was yeah, a like yellow black? hazmat suit. Uh, he had a yellow hazmat suit and then one of those big, you know, like the plastic head, pe- head things? And then under that, he had a gas mask. Jake, I think that might have... under that, he had an eye patch. Okay, I don't know who that was. I, I, it sounded like it might have been a cop at first, but now it sounds like it was just a guy who had a gas mask on. I think he's one of the characters in the movie. I no, I mean, no, he I, I think wasn't. what's so interesting about this one is that Todd Phillips is sort of going even further away from the typical what we expect out of these movies. Um, you know, because in the first one we had Bruce Wayne, we had Thomas Wayne. This time, I think it's like even more. Jake, no, he can't. Todd He's Phillips, separating it from the universe even more. No, there's there's no way he can film the movie right now. The the industry is shut down, Jake. There's no nothing's being filmed right now because of coronavirus. Well, maybe it was a rehearsal. I don't know, but no, they can't. The no film industry work can happen right now. Those are riots. Because so you're saying big. There's another big thing happening too, uh, Jake. I think you missed a lot. I think you've been not watching the proper things on uh, on social media uh on the news i don't think you've been paying much attention to what's been happening around the world lately you're saying that group like large groups of people can't get together and like do things is that what you're saying uh i think the lockdown in denver has been lifted but i still think they don't want more than 10 people together Darren, there's like a thousand people out on the streets, so Jake, I don't know what you're talking about. But those were protests. Those are in protest of something else. Uh, yeah, that's what, what they the were extras. Doing, that's what the extras were doing. What they were doing was it may have been unlawful, but it was for it was a protest, which isn't really you know when you're protesting, you don't really follow the laws. You kind of just kind of just do whatever 
makes uh, makes the point there, bud. I th- you were you did not did you see Todd Phillips anywhere? I don't know what he looks like. Did you see Joaquin Phoenix anywhere? I figured that it was just establishing shots that he wasn't in. They were just doing some pickups that they were gonna CGI him into or something. I don't know. I don't know how the industry works. Jake, um, I thought they were just shooting pickups. Jake, the point is, why were you at the? Also, there's no point for you to go to the blood bank either. This whole what this, do you mean? This whole you didn't need. What did you need to pick up a bag of blood? No one was at the blood bank. Yeah, I was, I was picking up my weekly supply. Was there anyone at the blood bank, or did you, was it? Were yeah. you? Did you just run in? Oh, there was. Who was? Who else was at the blood bank? There was two guys on the standing outside at the steps, but no one was inside the building. There's never anyone inside. I I I use the ATM. Use the blood ATM. So yeah. how does that work? Explain how that works. I mean, I enter my card. I put my PIN in. Some people call it a PIN number in the ATM machine, but that would be incorrect. I enter my PIN, uh, 8526. Uh, I select which kind of blood I want. I, I would ideally pick O negative, but sometimes I have to pick AB positive or whatever they have, you know. What blood type are you, Jake? A positive. You're just A positive? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, uh, what's, oh yeah, AB, AB positive is universal recipient, O negative is recipient, is universal donor, that's right. I gotta get yeah. these, I get these mixed up in my head. Anyway, Jake, uh, well, I, are, I'm not giving myself a transfusion, if that's what you're implying. Yeah, well, why would you ever need AB positive? If you're a if you're a positive, why would you ever need AB positive blood? Because that's what they have, and you need you need blood for various reasons. Jake, that would okay. Are you put it? What are you doing with this blood? Are you <laughs> okay, what are you Darren? Doing? I'm not really supposed to talk about it. Okay, but uh. It, we, I have a lot of questions. I'm going to continue by asking, you know, how is the blood dispensed out of the ATM? Is it, do you just, does it give you a little cup and it squirts it in there? Or is no, it, it comes in one of those bags. You well, know how does bag- the bag come out? It comes out of the, it's like a vending machine at the bottom. So all and these sometimes you have to shake bags- the machine a little bit because it's. <laughs> so all the blood bags are sitting. No, no. It's just the bottom is like things. an ATM. Is like an ATM or a vending machine? A vending machine, I mean. The imagine the bottom of a vending machine with the top of an ATM. That's what we're dealing with here. And so, you put it. How much does each bag, bag of blood cost from a from a blood ATM? Is it warm? Is it cold? It costs one withdrawal token. How do you get a withdrawal token? They're on the card. So, is the our withdrawal to okay? So, are withdrawal tokens a new form of cryptocurrency? I've never heard of them. I don't have them on my card. I don't, I don't know what cryptocurrency is. You're. I think that you're talking about some crazy stuff that I don't understand. You're making things up. Okay, but why? Why do you need to get the blood? Who's telling you to get the blood? No one's telling me. I just know I have to do it every week. For why? So Every you're saying week, there's you're saying you get, there's protests out there? 
Yeah. Okay. So stop changing the subject. Why is this still want- about the Popeye's chicken sandwich? <laughs> no. 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 Why do you need to get a bag of blood every week? Because I never even got to try it, and some people tried had it multiple times, which I don't think is fair. I, are you talking about the blood or the chicken sandwich right the now? The chicken sandwich. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the blood. No, I thought we were onto the uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich now. <sighs> Love that chicken for Popeye's. You like know that song? I, yeah, I'm aware. Uh... I'm gonna do this because you always tell me to uh welcome to snickles i am darren the confused snickle i'm jake the bloodless snickle you're so you're bloodless that's why i fucking knew it it's no 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 need it's just a it's, it's just because a you need blood no i'm not giving myself transfusions that's why you're it's just so a pale. nickname it's just a nickname i think i think uh, okay um Man, man, oh man. I did, I honestly did see, I've seen videos of the protests going on where the Joker has been at some of these protests, certainly not in Denver. And also Batman was at, one. I think the Minneapolis protest. Uh, but they, they were not in Denver. I saw, I heard of no sightings of either one in Denver. Well, I don't know the plot of the movie. It might be that all, because it, you know, the first one, it starts with the riots in Gotham and maybe it's spreading and that's like the point of the movie. I don't know, Darren. I don't know what the movie is Did you about. see anything pertaining to the city of Gotham? And do you think Denver looks anything like Gotham? No, that's what I'm saying. It's not Gotham. It's a different city. That doesn't, I don't see how that could ever make sense in the Joker in the ether of the Joker movies. Um, Jake, the point is... All, what three, you saw, all three Nolan Batman movies were shot in different cities. Did you think about that? I thought... Okay, where was the first one shot? Wasn't, wasn't the first two shot in Chicago and then they switched over to Pittsburgh? No, I'm pretty sure this... Oh, man. Oh, God. Hey, Google. Where was the Dark Knight filmed? Don't worry, I'm figuring it out for us. Okay. Why are you... See, this is my old phone trying to help us. (laughs) Your your old phone's a fucking idiot. It's a fucking dumbass. Hey, Google. Where was the Dark Knight filmed? Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Hey, Google. Where was Batman Begins filmed? I don't think that one was filmed in Chicago. I feel like it was. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Where do you think it was filmed? I don't know. Make a guess. Columbus. It was filmed in Col- No, it wasn't. That's my guess. Oh. It was filmed in the UK. Wait. Oh, really? Well, okay. Partially. The, the, that's probably like the Ra's al Ghul scenes. I can't find it. Mountain. I can't find it on the first thing I clicked on, so I'm over it. I'm going to give it a try. All right, I'm tagging you in. 
Where was Batman Begins? Not behind. Iceland? Not Batman Behind. The UK. Chicago. The UK. The UK. Chicago. The UK. The UK. Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, the Chicago. UK, the UK. Chicago. Chicago. New York. Chicago, Jake. Not just Chicago, though. You said Chicago like fucking five times. But I said the UK more times. Okay, I'm sure th- I'm sure it was shot in the UK at some point. I know that the third one was shot mostly in Pittsburgh, and that's why yeah. they got the Steelers to be the Gotham City Rebels. Well, it uh, wasn't all the Steelers. It was just Heinz Ward, right? No, Ben, dude, Ben Roethlisberger is full face in the movie. Is he? Yes. During the kickoff scene? During the national anthem. Oh. There's like several players they just show the face of. Why would they pick that piece of shit? I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. Well, okay. Actually, I do know. It's because they're in Pittsburgh and that's what the team is, the Steelers. Also, Heinz Ward, you know, fucking getting a movie deal in like the last two years of his fucking football career, you know? Yeah, I do know. You know, you've been there before. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, a lot has happened in the last week, Jake. Uh, you seem to have missed a lot of it. Uh, Genuinely, oh. anything that I miss, I don't want to talk about. Anything that hasn't been brought up yet, I don't want to talk about because it'll probably just bring the energy down, is my guess. I don't know what it was. Donald, my Trump's, John, Donald Trump's a pedophile. They've exposed that and nobody's talking about that. It only gets brought down because you do that shit. Or I say something and you go, uh. What do you, you want me to make a joke about that or what? what how, what's the proper response? Here, let's switch, revol- let's switch roles and I'll say, Donald Trump's a pedophile. Nobody's talking about that shit. Are you, well, are you, are, did we already switch roles? Or yeah, that was the switch. That? that was the switch. Okay. Well, I wasn't prepared for that. So can we do okay. it again? Yeah. Donald Trump is a pedophile. No one's talking about that shit. Well, I saw that coming. There you go. That's all you okay. gotta say. That's not. That's just. It's as- not. It's <laughs> non divisive. I'm not talking about my political linings. I'm just talking about a judgment of character there. That Donald Trump seems like a bit of a pedophile. Look. Uh, <clears throat> look. We were talking about shots about film shots at the beginning of this podcast, Jake. We're now 18 and a half minutes in. Are you going to try to transition for me, Darren? Is that what you're trying to do here? And I heard what your bracket is about, so I'm going to let you take it from here. Yes. I'm just, I'm um, just pointing out a great segue. For the first time, I have revealed the subject of this week's bracket to Darren ahead of time. Uh, for reasons being that there was some pre-production necessary for this episode. Um, so here's, here's the deal. I sent a bracket with 16 movies listed to Darren. There are movies on this list that he hasn't seen, movies that I haven't seen, and movies both of us haven't seen. I've now will... seen, of the five that I hadn't seen before, I've now watched one hour of all of them. Except for one. 
I only watched really? the trailer for one. You watched yeah. four hours? Yeah. Wow. Darren was serious about this, and I appreciate that. So here, l- let's just get into it. This week, we're talking about... Okay, so I, I said it's about cinematography, and that's sort of true, but it's not 100% accurate. We're talking about 16 films, all where, this, where the DP was Roger Deakins... 15 of them... Deacons was the fucking DP on The the Man Who Knew Too Much? Every single one of these movies. No fucking way. Are you serious? 15 of these movies, he was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Cinematography. Uh, the only exception being the 16th seed, which I didn't do intentionally, but that's how it worked out. So that's pretty interesting. So... Uh, the reason for this is that it was brought to my attention in the last, I think, two weeks that Deacons did both 1917 and Sicario. Uh, Sicario, as Darren has said on this podcast, he believes is a perfect movie that is flawed in some ways. Exactly. Um, in 1917, I mean, it's one of the one of the most incredible movies to just watch. Um, so I was looking through the movies that he was nominated for. And so here's here's where I'm at with all of this. We've both seen most of these movies. We've watched clips. We've watched trailers. Whatever we could to get caught up on all of these movies. Um, I think what I want to do is just we pick the movie that we think is the most like visually good. You know what I'm saying? Like the because I think it's impossible to just pick apart like the cinematography of like two separate movies do you know what i'm saying yes okay great so we're just gonna discuss these movies Mm -hmm. and see where it goes um that's that kind of blows my mind that deacons did the man who knew too much because that's a fucking hitchcock movie from i believe the 60s darren uh as i'm just now realizing did not read the bracket correctly Fuck. Because the five seat, as we will get to, is the man who wasn't there. Oh, shit. Fuck. <laughs> I didn't watch it. I watched an hour of a Hitchcock movie, then. <laughs> I, I can't speak on the man who wasn't there. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Uh, dude, well, were, I, I looked up the man who, and then, like, and then I didn't have my phone in front of my face. <laughs> so I couldn't, there was like there's like 10 movies that was like the man who knew too much the man who something something there was like 10 movies with the begin with the beginning words were the man who <laughs> <laughs> fuck okay i can i can, i I'll, I'll play the trailer for the man who wasn't there when we get to it and okay. uh i'll only play like a minute of it or whatever but i'll get it loaded okay up. So I thought this was interesting just because there's a lot of the same directors. There's a lot of the same actors, even in like different directors' movies, which is kind of interesting. And I think that all of these movies are in some way, you know, have an interesting visual style. So I thought we could just discuss it. Um, and we haven't talked about movies too, too much lately on the show. So, Darren, are you watching that right now? No, I'm just finding it on YouTube okay. right now. Should I bring up a clip, like a short clip? There's a two and a half minute clip here. I watched I the opening clip. The intro? Yeah. That's like almost four minutes long. Do we want to play that on this? 
Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna we, play the one that's two and a half minutes long, and I'm okay. gonna call it good. Okay. All right. Let's get it. Let's get her started. All right. So our first matchup: the one seed versus the sixteen seed. And like I said, this was randomized. Uh, a couple Cohen brother classics: True Grit versus The Big Lebowski. Okay. So one movie, I mean, nobody, okay, so when people talk about the Coen brothers, nobody fucking mentions True Grit, okay? Nobody, it's nobody's favorite Coen brothers movie. When you do, however, when you talk about Coen brothers movies, most people will tell you their favorite movie is The Big Lebowski from the Coen brothers. That seems to be the fan favorite of what people love from the Coen brothers. However, True Grit is shot very well, and it also surprises me that Deakins filmed Big Lebowski, also a thing I didn't know, because it seems seems uh, just not like a movie he would shoot. Um, but True Grit has some beautiful set pieces. It's got a lot of beautiful shots. Uh, and, you know... It's not as good of a movie, in my opinion. <laughs> What's the tiebreaker here, by the way? What if we... Because I imagine we're going to disagree on several of these. Uh, see, I was trying to figure out what the tiebreaker should be. Because part of me thinks that the tiebreaker should just be, just be pure cinematography. But then, like, how much can you remember if you haven't seen a movie, even in, like, two years? How much are you going to remember, like, yeah. specific shot? I don't know. I I'm, say- open, I'm open for suggestions. I don't know. Uh, what's the better movie? I guess like what's that's another thing I considered. We could go by a factual standpoint. <laughs> factual. Uh, we could go by <laughs> we could go by a somewhat like uh, determinant standpoint and use Rotten Tomatoes to see which one has the higher score. Okay, I'm 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 open to that. Okay. If there's a tie, we'll do that. Now, that being said, Big Lebowski was one of the movies that inspired me to go to film school. I saw it at Film on the Rocks. Uh, I'd seen it before once when I was pretty young. I didn't really understand the humor behind it or anything like that. But the way it was cut together just really hit me at film when I was seeing it at Red Rocks. It was just like such a big screen, such great uh, sound. You know, everything was cut together so well. And that still is not enough of an argument for me to say that it's shot better than True Grit because I th- I truly do think that True Grit is shot better than Big Lebowski. Okay, but I just want to make a hundred percent. It's not just what's shot better. We're talking. We're also talking like set Lighting, design, color clothing, palette, everything. all that stuff. I know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I just wanted to make sure. Even even still, even still, I I. I True Grit is more uniform of a look and feel of the movie. And Big Lebowski can be very messy at times. Uh, They use some really simple set pieces, which I appreciate about Big Lebowski. But in terms of just how, you know, how it's shot and how it's all laid together, True Grit seems like it's we have an experienced Roger Deakins putting things together, whereas Big Lebowski we have more of a, a fledgling 
deacons figuring it out, but still do, he, I'm not saying it's a badly lit, badly shot movie by any means. It's got great set pieces, but true grit just looks better. It just looks better on film. And maybe that's because the time has permitted that because the technology had improved. But I also think that he went for a more uniform look with true grit than he did with big Lebowski. I would agree with, uh, I think everything that you're saying, I think there's some really like some really interesting visual choices in big Lebowski. Like the costumes are excellent. Um, all the scenes with the nihilist, like just, just visually it's, yeah, so it's weird. funny. It's funny. <laughs> I don't have like the pictures in front of my face or anything right now, but it's funny you say the nihilist because that's what I've been like remembering as the <laughs> most memorable set piece of the whole movie. I'm remembering also like the dream sequence where he's sliding down the alley, <laughs> sliding down the lane towards the pins. Yeah, I think this is knocked out. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of like interesting, cool looking things in this movie, but it also, I mean, it looks like it's an early movie in direct like a director and a cinematographer working together and all that it's got a lower budget i'm sure so yeah i think for what it is it does a great job but yeah true grit is just a beautiful movie uh and if you had like if you didn't know either of them and you had to pick one to just like put on screen to see i think you're picking true grit because it's more yeah it's everything that you you said it's more uniform it's more if you couldn't hear, if you had to watch these with the sound off, then I feel like you'd pick True Grit. Yeah. So for that reason, I think True Grit will move forward. Uh, something I'm curious about is whether uh, Big Lebowski was shot digitally, which I'm assuming it was, which would explain why it doesn't look quite as good, you know. I don't think it was. I'm pretty sure it was shot on film. Really? Let's, okay, Google. Oh, wait, I don't have that. Um, okay. Was Big Lebowski shot on film? Let's look her up. God, my fucking autocorrect is so bad. Um... Man, I can't see not... anything. I can't see anything about it. Uh, this is not a good. This is not good podcast. This is not a good podcasting. Jake and I are both looking on Google right <laughs> now, when really only one of us should be looking on Google because we probably shot the same. We probably looked up the same thing. So I'm gonna put my phone down. Jake's got two monitors. He's he just told me, which fucking makes me go crazy because I'm like, you know, why? Why have how have we been so limited on our resources when we have a, a guy with two monitors this whole time? But I digress. Uh, I think I heard once that Big Lebowski was shot on film. Oh, I guess uh, it was shot on 35. Yeah, because I don't think they... Like. I think digital was a lot harder to get your hands on back then. I was shot, what, in like 90, 98 or something? 97? Came out in 98, so... Yeah. So Interesting. It's very... Yeah, as far as I know, it was a lot harder to get your hands on. I just would have thought it would look a little bit better, if considering. Because it, it would make sense if it was shot on, like, early digital for it to not look quite so good. I don't know. It's... Well, like, it looks good. It's just, you know... I think it's purposefully dirty. I think they made it look dirty because it wanted to reflect the, the main character. 
But that being said, it doesn't mean it looks great, you know? You can yeah, still make fair. dirty things look good. That's fair. Uh, it also could just be the way that these clips have been uploaded. I, I looked up the clip, the trailer for one of these movies, and I can't even remember at this point what it was. But it was the official Warner Brothers trailer on YouTube. The highest the resolution maxed out was t- 240p. Oh god. <laughs> Warner Bros is a fucking mess, dude. They did you see have I mentioned this on this podcast before the the Wabbit season video? No. Oh. oh I can't the, recall. The cartoon where Bugs Bunny's essentially yeah. a rapist. And Warner Bros claimed that and made it canon, so now it's canon that Bugs Bunny tried to rape Elmer Fudd. Because they they wanted to win a legal battle. <laughs> So they took that video and made it and literally, yeah, made it Warner Bros. canon legally so that they could they could just so that they could hold on to it and have to have it taken down from that guy's YouTube. What a what a world we live in. Right. I think that reflects the uh, CEOs of Warner Bros., the brothers themselves. I uh, just applied for a Warner Brothers fellowship this week. So I want to say nothing but love for <laughs> Warner Brothers. Uh all, all of your content is quality. Um, Especially Wabbit Season. That's one of your best videos. Yeah, one of your finest uh, pieces. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so True Grit wins. Moving forward, we have Blade Runner 2049, which is... I don't know. You just uh, recently watched that, didn't you? I haven't watched the whole thing. I've seen some of it. Okay. Because you didn't send me your voodoo information. I thought I did. Did I not? If you did, I didn't receive it. Yeah, I did send. Yeah, I, I sent you everything. Oh, what the hell? I didn't get the text. Okay. Yeah, I sent you everything. I texted Darren asking if I could have his voodoo information so I could watch BR2049, and he didn't know what I was talking about. And then I, and then you clarified, and I sent you everything. So, you know, huh. just, just... Just, just, just consider my standpoint on the matter. I'm here. just saying I didn't get the text. Okay, this has happened I didn't before. Get the text. This has happened yeah. before. And then the, our next interaction was me texting him asking, "What if someone already jacked like me got into that Captain America machine?" And what did I say? Uh, that's how we got Andy Reid. It is. That is. <laughs> okay, so Andy Blade Runner 2049 versus Skyfall. Both are really well fucking shot. This is a tough one. Uh, these are both like prime Roger Deakins. These are yeah. very matured Roger Deakins movies. Uh, both wor- He's working with two very good directors here, too. He's working with Denis Villeneuve, which I thought, used, which I used to think was pronounced Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. And I found out that it's pronounced Denis Villeneuve. Uh... I thought it was Denis. Denis? Yeah, because it's what end, like penis. <laughs> this is uh, Q. If you're if you're watching, can you just bring up that GIF from uh, Key and Peel where he um, he starts naming the substitute teacher starts naming all the kids' names wrong. Uh, it's a big laugh for everybody. That's what this reminds me of. Anyway. Um, and Sam Mendes, uh, who oh yeah, made, that was Mendes, 
who made uh, 1917. I think both of these won for cinematography the years that they came out. Did they? They did not. What won when Blade Blade Runner came out? What won against Blade Runner? Uh, I'll look that up while you keep talking. That there's a question mark after um, after you said the word talking, so I imagine that was one of those passive aggressive uh, questions that Jake is known for. He's very famous for. He's wearing a watch there. What kind of watch are you wearing? Uh, I've got a Fitbit. Oh, so it's not a watch. It's more of well, a swatch. It, yeah, it's more like a swatch than a watch. Yeah, that's what they should start advertising Fitbits as. Not necessarily a watch, more of a swatch. It's more like a swatch than anything else. Jake's oh, it did win his... best cinematography. I'm sorry. Yeah, I thought so. I'm um, Darren. I thought that's Skyfall, a real boner on my part. I thought Skyfall won that that year too, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, Deacons just wins fucking best cinematography left and right, dude. He's Life of Pi won the year that Skyfall was. Oh, of course, fucking. Life Deacons of has won, won twice. That's part of what I thought was so interesting about this. He's been nominated 15 times and he has two wins. He won for 1917, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, man. Uh, I was pretty blown away by the shots on that one. Uh, It's, I mean, I think this comes down to taste too. Because the end sequence of Skyfall is so beautiful and it's so chaotic that you know it's hard to leave your your head when you think about that movie but i mean blade runner 2049 on the whole is just so great i mean it's lit very interestingly it uses it expands its color palette so often during the movie um and God, yeah, you can. You really just get a good sense of the space with uh, Blade Runner. Well, with both of them, really. But I think with Blade Runner, I'm going to have to go with Blade Runner on this. But I will say about Skyfall, it kind of makes me a little bit, I don't know, it irks me a little bit that people claim that Skyfall is one of the worst 007 movies for some reason. Uh I've ha- I've been having this conversation with a lot of my friends. Like nobody likes Skyfall, and I think it's one of the 007 movies that gets slept on so much. It's very good. I mean, I had a lot of fun watching Skyfall. Um, but th- that point aside, Blade Runner twenty forty nine wins for me. So I haven't seen Skyfall in a while, and I watched some clips today. Uh. So I I tried my best. I should have just watched all 16 of these movies, ideally. But, you know, I had the idea last week, so. <laughs> um, Jake told me I, today at like 11 this morning. I accidentally watched a bunch of Hitchcock movies on accident instead of what <laughs> we were supposed to watch, too. Uh, I was watching so, a Hitchcock movie, and I was like, this, is, this does not hold up with cinema. I was like, this is going to lose... <laughs> it's like why was this nominated because i thought that was the point was like movies that were nominated or that had won best cinematography for those years and you just picked like a random handful but no uh so anyway <laughs> and as i said i've only seen some of blade runner 2049 but i think just like visually 
every aspect of it seems like so carefully chosen. Like I think there's scenes of Skyfall where it's just like in a boardroom or like in a it's like rooms that you'd see in like any James Bond movie or any Mission Impossible movie. Not to say that they're bad, like they're staples of that genre for a reason. But I think that like Blade Runner, it's just every choice is so like meaningfully made and every little aspect of everything is just like so I I think Blade Runner 2049 wins just for that reason. Like it's so visually interesting. It seems like it's a, just a really hard movie to pull off. That's what I kept. That's every time I watch it, I come away from it thinking that how the fuck do they pull all this shit off? They have like a really realistic like hovercraft ship. They have that scene where uh, Ryan Gosling's character is looking at the giant woman who's like she's an animal. She's like a holographic woman. She's all in pink. Uh, they're having a moment together. Um that movie just that entire movie just seems very hard to pull off. A lot harder to pull off than fucking Skyfall. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just it's a it really stands out as a movie that's a totally its own thing. It has its own visual style. Which isn't to say that Skyfall doesn't look great, which I think it does. Yeah. Uh, but it's just yeah, it's it's its own beast. Blade Runner, yeah. BR 2049. Next up, we have what I consider to be maybe the easiest choice on this bracket, which is the six, the four seed, 1917 versus the 13 seed, The Reader. Uh, Darren, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, I only watched the trailer for The Reader, and yes, this one seems fairly easy. Uh... <laughs> 1917. Oh, yeah. We can talk about 1917 later. I didn't watch a trailer for Unbroken either. I would like to. I I mean, sorry, I didn't watch an hour of Unbroken. I watched the trailer for Unbroken. Uh, Good. So this next matchup is going to be a real treat, a real delight. (laughs) Yeah, there's a couple on here where I was just like, shit. Uh, But hey, next matchup's where I get to watch that clip, baby. Break it down (laughs) and react to it. It's like a YouTube video. Um, Yeah, 1970 wins. 1917 wins easily. It's just fucking amazing i think i can speak for both of us when i say we both walked out of that just fucking blown away by what they did really well shot absolutely i think that uh the reader from what i saw which i admittedly didn't get to see very much of the movie but i I watched the trailer in a couple clips i think it was like very skillfully shot and maybe if i saw the whole movie i would have a different opinion so that's another thing that i want to say in this is like we haven't seen all of these movies so it's hard to I don't know. I wanted to include all of the movies that he was nominated for, though. I thought that'd be the most interesting. Uh, Nothing really blew me away while 1917... So, here's what I'm going to say. In some ways, I think if the reader had a different matchup, I would feel worse about not having seen it. But a matchup against 1917, like, one of the most visually... Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, (laughs) uh, to to any of the reader heads out there, I'm sorry... But uh, 1917 is going on to the second round. I know we got a lot of reader heads listening to the show. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we hear you. We listen. Uh, Your strength will grow in numbers, I'm sure, after hearing this episode. Uh, We love you still. The next matchup, the man who wasn't there, the Coen Brothers film. 
queuing it versus up. Versus unbroken. All right. Uh, we don't get paid for this, so I'm sure we won't have to face any, like, I hope we don't have to face any cease and desist. I mean, this is on the fucking, this is on YouTube anyway. All right. Watching this. It's a barber shop. Never okay. It's all black and white. If Yo, this dude works at a barber shop. That's how There's YouTube react videos. Right. <laughs> yeah, I could do that. Let's we we could do this as a, re- a YouTube react video for the rest of this. Two hundred, bro. That's too much, dude. I mean, two. That's a hundred feet per person, dog. Um. So it's a good close-up there, uh, closing up on this guy's mouth as he's talking. God, he's a sweaty boy. Closing up on his mouth as he's cutting this guy's hair and talking talking away, just like I'm doing right now. Oh, he's sweaty. I feel like everybody in black and white movies looks way sweatier. That's probably true. It's, it's probably, it might be good that we don't do videos anymore because I'm sweaty. Yeah, Jake uh, has been sweaty for the last 10 podcasts, I would say. He's been dripping with sweat by the end. Uh, Like last episode when he said he was hot, uh, he was fucking sweltering, sweating bullets. Okay, we got Billy Bob Thornton watching a kid leave his chair. Um, Coen Brothers have a really good way of like writing dialogue and... Having kind of opposing uh, oppositions between characters during scenes. I mean, if you watch Fargo, you'll kind of understand that. Darren, which don't I listen believe to is the audio. Now, being a barber, Why? Because like this is just the we're just talking visuals. To it once you learn the basic moves. This is my I, favorite part. The butch or the Heine, the flat top, the Ivy, the crew, the Vanguard, the Junior Contour. And occasionally, the executive contour. He's no, no, he's talking no. About, he's talking the executive about contour. There. Jake, is that no? Have you actually seen that movie? No, but I've seen the trailer and I watched. Did you see that clips. clip? Yeah, Did you see that clip. Okay, that clip's in the trailer. Oh well, uh, yeah. He was naming haircuts there, and the executive contour was fucking sick. That was an insane <laughs> cut, dude. Insane. Uh, so yeah, I, I, uh, that's, I I do remember seeing a lot about that movie. Uh, I think I did see the trailer for that movie when it was like coming out. I do remember seeing some, a lot of stuff about it when it first came out. It's been a while though. Um, uh, this versus unbroken. Correct. Two movies I've only seen clips or the trailer for. I think somebody in one of my diversity classes showed a clip of the movie Unbroken. So I remember I have that to go off of here. Um, Darren had to take diversity classes uh, after making some insensitive comments. Yeah, I, HR had a big issue with me uh, with, you know, freelancers. Uh, you can't apparently... You can't voice your opinion on uh, on California chili when you uh, when you work in freelance. There's an HR department for you waiting in the wings. Um, also, the fact that I do stand up comedy did not help. Uh, anyway, that 
people say that it's a lot easier to shoot in black and white than it is to shoot in color. And to some extent, that is true. You need to separate colors in certain spots. You know, if you have a dark blue next to a black, you got to make sure that, like, those are distinguishably different colors. Uh... However, I did shoot my I have shot a short film in what is Jake breathing at right now? We are just uh we're we're walking a a, a tightrope here. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway, uh yeah, so I've shot a short film in black and white and I've shot a I've shot more short films in color. Uh, it was difficult with both, um, in post, it is way easier to deal with black and white footage. Uh, that being said, looking at the footage from Unbroken, it looks like a fucking Zack Snyder movie. Like Zack Snyder got (laughs) serious for a second and then made a, a movie about Nazis, about, uh, Running, running during uh, a, a horrible time in the world history. Um, that being said, I think without have se- without having seen both of these movies fully, I'm gonna have to go with the man who wasn't there. It is it is interesting that for a long time there was color and black and white uh, nominations for best cinematography, and. So I, it might be easier to shoot on black and white, but I would also argue that it's easier to make like something that's visually interesting in color because you have just more things to work with, you know? Like, imagine, imagine Blade Runner 2049 in black and white. I don't think people would have nearly the interest in it that they do have. Uh, yeah, so I think, I don't know. And at the same time, like... Even if it's easier, then why don't all movies make that choice if it looks better and it's easier? Because I don't think that's necessarily the case. Uh, I think that the way that uh, the man who wasn't there is stylized is more interesting. Unbroken, I watched the trailer and I watched some clips and it just nothing struck me in it visually. So I have to go with uh, the man who wasn't there as well. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like Unbroken kind of in the background has a very digital feeling. The background, I feel like it's trying to be authentic a lot of times uh, from what I've seen of it. And I I feel like of the shots I've seen it, it, it's like it seems like a movie that's trying to be authentic quite often and in its in its visuals and ends up just kind of looking digital and almost over accomplishing uh what it sets out to do and you can tell so yeah the man the man who wasn't there great it's a it looks good all right next up we have fargo the aforementioned fargo versus kundun kundun i don't know how it's pronounced i should have kundunster um i was watching this on youtube actually it's just like yeah i saw that it's just the whole movie on youtube and i want to say i'll go first this time because darren's been going first a lot here 
yeah, Fargo you for the rest Fargo, of the for the rest of these you should go first. Okay, Fargo is one of my favorite movies. Um and so I thought that this would kind of be a no contest versus some movie I've never heard of. But there's some really interesting like visuals and shots in the opening of Kundun. So how how are you going to pronounce this? Kundunster. It's a Martin Scorsese movie shot by uh um Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins. Yeah. Just like all these movies were. Mm-hmm. What's his face? Um, there's some really interesting visuals. Uh, that opening shot on, well, the opening shot with the like, I think it's sand or dust or whatever, like getting blown around. That's really cool. The shots of the eyes, those are all. I think there's some really, really interesting visual stuff. And then I rewatched some of the opening of Fargo, and it wasn't quite as. It, it didn't look quite as good as I remembered at times partially because i think it's that was filmed before big lebowski right so it sort of makes sense that it wouldn't look quite as good so i think there are some really interesting visual shots in fargo and such but i don't know i don't know where i fall on this one darren what are your thoughts here uh i so i did watch an hour of of kundun today i think it's kundun actually is how they pronounce it uh and there's a lot of fucking close-ups. I think both of these movies came out within... Did they come out f- within five years of each other? Within a year. Within a year of each other. Okay, so we have a fledgling Deacons on both of them. We have an even more fledgling Deacons than when he was shooting Big Lebowski. Uh, and um, Kundun looked good, but it did this, like... It did this typical i want to say oscar movie trope thing with its cinematography where it goes like bronze and orange for very extended periods of the movie uh and i don't know it kind of made me i don't know it 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 just it all kind of looked very same very similar to me um i did like how Kundun spent a lot of time going on the objects rather than the people. It was a good change of pace, but I think it kind the way it was cut sort of did it maybe a little bit too often. However, Fargo is kind of messy. I mean, you, you look at it now, the shots are a little bit messy, but uh, it is a movie where a guy feeds another man through a fucking wood chipper. This is... This is what I was going to bring up. I started watching Fargo, and then I was like, I'm going to go get the mail. So I walked down the street to get the mail, and there was a fucking wood chipper on my street. <laughs> After I started watching Fargo, <laughs> uh, I'll post a picture of the, the wood chipper. It's going to be on your front porch uh, in a couple days here. Darren, I'll send it to you so you believe it's true. I have today's newspaper next to it. and I just thought that was so... You have today's newspaper and you still don't know what was going on in Denver. What do you mean? I only get the arts and entertainment section. (laughs) Still, I feel like even in that, there'd still be like several stories about what's going on right now. Yeah, they were talking about the Joker. (laughs) Um... Uh, yeah, this one's tough for me because obviously, you know, Fargo is a beloved movie of mine as well. I don't know much about Kundun. Uh, 
I was sort of getting into the story, you know, given that I was only watching it for an hour. I think it's like two two hours and two ten 14. minutes long. Two fourteen. Um, so you know, an hour is like a halfway point almost. Uh, it seemed it didn't seem as intriguing to me as Fargo is in terms of the story, but you know, like I said, Fargo looks messy. I think there's a reason for that. But I think it's also fair to mention that this is a 360p uh, YouTube video, so it's not necessarily how Marty wanted the the movie to be seen. That is true. That is true. But again, you know, we only have the resources available to us. Uh, and I, I considered that while watching it. I was like, this is really bad definition. I bet this would look a lot better if it was <laughs> standard def uh, or if it was high def. Um that being said, I do like how much more calculated Deacon seemed to be with Kundun than I remember him being with Fargo. So I am actually going to pick Kundun on this in terms of how they were shot. Uh, All right, he just seems more calculated shooting it. What are your What are you gonna What are your thoughts, Jake? I feel pretty similarly. I think. Fargo is messy, and I think that is for a purpose, and it's serving the purpose of making an excellent, very good oh, yeah, movie. It's being towed behind a truck. Sorry, I'm looking at the wood chipper right now. <laughs> uh, Jake wasn't lying, unless that was taken days ago, and you know he's lying about the day it was taken. Taken, but you know. Uh, but I think Kundun does have more interesting shots, uh, and it's it, visually there's a lot of interesting colors. I don't know. I think it's a, a visually striking movie. Um, if we were doing what best movie is, I don't think that's what I would pick, but that's not what we're discussing here. Yeah. Next up, we have a very fitting matchup. Prisoners versus the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, uh, boy. This one, you know, I said you go first on the rest of these, so you you, you go first. Okay. I wasn't able to watch too much of Prisoners. I watched the trailer, and I watched the first ten or so minutes. And even in those first 10 minutes, like, there was some just beautiful shots. It just when it opens in the woods, like, the just, I, I've never seen trees look so good on, on film. Um, which, like, it seems like a dumb art, like, movie person thing to say, but it's true. Like, it looks really every good. White dude, every white dude has the beginning of Prisoners tattooed somewhere, somewhere on his uh, arm. That's true. Uh... Whereas Shawshank, Shawshank does have some good visuals and that final interaction where they come up or Andy walks up to him at the end, you know what I'm talking about, or Morgan Freeman does, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That's like a very memorable moment, but I think like just that opening shot of Prisoners, I felt ways about that that I didn't feel about anything in Shawshank Redemption. Which I think is a it's a well shot movie and it it's visually interesting, but I just don't think it I don't think it compares in my personal opinion. I think, well, once again, we're dealing with I think the biggest deciding factor for this one is going to be in the technology because once again we have a beginning a starting out uh, version of Roger Deakins on Shawshank Redemption. Um, so, you know, he doesn't have as much experience. Uh, he's just kind of doing his best. And it still is a beautifully shot movie. It is beautiful. However, you are absolutely right with the 
the a lot of the forest scenes with prisoners. You know, I do remember when they're they assign the search team for Hugh Jackman's daughter, and they're all looking into the forest. And you have the police lights shining through the branches. You have people's flashlights going everywhere. Very memorable scene. Also, it really it does a very good job of depicting how cold it was uh, during that time that they were searching for uh, his daughter. Um, also, you know, the bathtub scene. If you've seen Prisoners, I don't want to spoil anything for Jake, but there's a very gritty bathtub scene uh where jake if you haven't seen prisoners i would say put that on the highest priority of the movies you haven't seen on this list i really want to watch it um it might be on the voodoo uh it's on i can i have it i can watch it but oh yeah okay resend me your that voodoo information (laughs) okay uh anyway there's a bathtub scene that's very memorable but and that and that's probably the climax of the movie. One of the climaxes of the movie. Uh, there's actually a couple. Um, that's one of the most pulse pounding parts of the movie, and that's not even the most memorable shot. I think the most memorable shot in the film is just when Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman are sitting together in a car having a conversation. Just every the the outside, the way that the shots are angled, everything outside makes it so much so memorable. Um, I'm going to have to go with that because it's a lot more maturely shot than, uh, Shawshank Redemption. I feel like we get, the camera lets us get into the characters' heads a lot better than you do with the Shawshank Redemption. I think the reason the Shawshank Redemption is so good is more for the performances. And I think that Prisoners has, while it does have the performances on its side, I mean, the cinematography helps out so much more in that movie. So, it's Prisoners for me. I think there's also something inherent to what Shawshank is, that it's going to have, like, a more washed-out color palette. It's not going to be... Which is part of... Because, like, it is... It's in jail, you know? And it's part of what they're, like, talking about is the uniformity and, like, getting into that life. So, I think... And... In some ways, like, considering what the movie's going for, Shawshank still looks good, of course. Like, none of the movies on this list look bad. Obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously. Prisoners is just an excellent-looking film, from what I've seen, which isn't that much. All right, next up, we have the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford versus Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, Once again, with Assassination of Jesse James... By the Coward Robert Ford. Uh, by the Coward Robert Ford, which is one of the movies here that won Best Cinematography. Nope. Um, it did. I looked it up, Jake. You motherfucker. Why don't you fucking look it up? Why don't you It was nominated it for Best Cinematography, but it didn't win. The film, the film received generally positive reviews, was nominated for two Academy Awards, Best Cinematography and Best Supporting Af- Actor for Affleck. Oh, wait. Casey Affleck didn't win for this? No, and neither did Deacons. He only won for... Blade Runner 2049 and 1917. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, you can go first <laughs> on this because I told you you would for all the rest of these. Okay, so I haven't seen Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, but I watched some clips again, uh, and I thought that there was a lot of really interesting moments and 
I just thought it looked really nice. And Oh Brother Where Art Thou, I've never liked the way that it looks really. I think they tried something different and it just for me, like it didn't it didn't do anything. Uh I owned the DVD for a long time and I just put off watching it because I didn't like the way that the DVD looked. And I think it's a good movie. I just, and it, again, it's not even that it like does a bad job. It clearly, I think, achieves what it's going for. I'm just not a fan of how it did it. So for for that, I think I had to pick The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. But maybe you'll convince me otherwise. Uh... No, I actually do agree with you. I feel like Oh Brother Where Art Thou is a fine movie, but it almost looks like they just took all of their footage and just threw sepia tone over it and <laughs> like reduced the effect reduced the intensity by, you know, 80%. Uh I think you know, I was about to say The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Let's just say Assassination of Jesse James though. By the coward Robert Ford. Uh, uh, let's just say the first part. Um, that does exactly what I was talking about with Kundun. And uh, it uses the these prolonged scenes where it goes gold or like bronze for a very long time. Uh, but it doesn't stick to that. That's not a crutch for it. Where I, f- I felt like Kundun it used it a lot. Uh, and... Um, Assassination of Jesse James is uses whites, uses greens, uses grays, uses browns, uh, uses like some you know uh, some blues even at times, um, and I do remember watching it and thinking you know this could go down. I mean, this if you were, were to tell me that this is a spaghetti western from you know the end of the era of spaghetti westerns. I probably would have believed you if you would have put some film grain on it. I didn't know who the actors were. I didn't know Brad Pitt was Brad Pitt and like Casey Affleck was Casey Affleck. Uh, Probably would have believed you because this looks pretty convincingly like a spaghetti Western. Uh, This is another movie I watched like an hour of. I was really enjoying it, though. Um, I'm probably going to return to watching it as soon as this podcast is over. Um yeah, I, it, it goes to assassination of Jesse James for me, too. Because, oh, brother, where art thou? Just has a weird fucking color palette. <laughs> There's just something, I, I mean, I don't know. I think on the one hand, like, it's good to try different things. But I just, it didn't work for me. I think it's funny that, oh, brother, where art thou is, like, a fine movie. And for a lot of directors, like, it'd be the best movie they ever made. But I don't think it even is, like, in the top ten Coen Brothers movies. <laughs> it, it, like, it's... It doesn't it's even funny. come I, close to I the I think heights. when you search on Google for uh, Coen Brothers movies, it's one of the first ones that comes up, which is weird to me. Yeah. Another thing I've noticed, I don't know, I don't know if you've seen any of these movies, but it seems like, because they wrote, I just, I'm looking at now, they wrote Unbroken, or they wrote a draft of Unbroken, and that's a movie that I don't care for, or don't care to watch. Suburbicon... Another movie that they wrote and then handed off to someone else, George Clooney directed it, was a bad movie. Huh. Uh, Bridge of Spies also, like, I was not interested in it. So it seems like, I'm not sure if it's just the fact that, like, they need to be directing to pull off their writing or if they're if they know that these projects aren't as good and they're just like, yeah, you can have this one. 
Well, it does go to <laughs> it does go to show you that you know directors. It, sometimes Hollywood movies, like the downfall of them, is that they're going through so many hands. And I think that the Coen Brothers are a very specific example of that. That uh, you know, you uh, you have a speci- if you have a specific style of writing, you know exactly what you what you know how you want to have it executed and most likely other people don't. So you should probably be the one to execute it. Yeah. So I think the choice here is obvious because we both made it the assassination of Jesse James by the coward, Robert Ford. Next up. Oh God. These two, two excellent, excellent crime movies, Sicario and no country for old men. Uh, both movies I think that we've mentioned on the show we think are perfect. I can't two Josh Brolin films too. Yeah, exactly. That's see, that's what I was saying. Uh, Javier Bardem is in No Country for Old Men, and he was in Skyfall. Oh yeah, it's interesting well, that like. Yeah, I mean, I bet there's a connection with Deacons. I bet Deacons is like, hey, I know, I know these people, and then you know the other directors are. I bet Venu is like, yeah, I know this guy. I don't know. It's there's a lot more to that that I should explain that I don't really want to because it's not really important anymore. But just just go for it, Jake. Start us off on this one. Uh, have we ever talked about when Javier Bardem was given the role of, for No Country for Old Men? No, he, I don't think he so. told the Coen Brothers he was like, "I don't like guns. I don't speak English well, and I don't tr- know how to drive." And they're like, "Yep, you're perfect." <laughs> <laughs> God, and you know what that makes so much sense that's with like you know la- what he like, was perfect <laughs> with that one scene where he like crashes the car and then he fucking like breaks his bone and like walks <laughs> over and fucking like robs the store that's like the perfect explanation for it <laughs> god he is so good in that oh my god what yeah he's it? great he is great this is probably the hardest matchup so far and this I, probably needs to be the last because we are already at a minute ten, just about. It's the last matchup of this uh, of this round. Oh, and then Benicio del Toro, uh, also is in Sicario, so good in Sicario. Everybody yeah. in Sicario pulls their weight. Everybody in No Country for Old Men pulls their weight. These are the two. I would. These are maybe the two best movies on the list here. I do love Blade Runner. God, there's some movie, but. there's some great movies. This is what I'm saying. Like, there are like multiple movies on here that have a shot at being like top ten movies for me. Yeah, and Deacons did them all. That's crazy, dude. Deacons. He has a he he recently started a filmmaking podcast, I believe. Really? Let's see if yeah. we can get him on. Let's call him up. Yeah, <laughs> for next round. He's not doing anything. <laughs> the industry, industry shut down. Yo, Deeks. We all agreed that Oh Brother Where Art Thou was. uh yeah anyway man this is really tough because again like i'm trying to take just the visuals of the movies and there's some there's some really interesting things in sicario one thing that i was thinking is like there's so many just like helicopter shots over mexico and stuff i was like this is such a genius way to just establish where you are because it shows like a huge amount of the land and you don't need to shut anything down like you don't need to like film on the streets and have people mess with it you can just you just throw like a helicopter or a drone up real quick 
you get some shots. Uh, there's the really cool shots of like thermal and night vision, uh, which were all done practically. Oh wow! Like, those aren't effects that were done afterwards. Wow! Which is really interesting. And then there's No Country for Old Men, which is just such a oh, just such a great <laughs> looking movie. I love that movie so much. Uh, something insane about that is. Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford and No Country for Old Men were both nominated in the same year, the same year that There Will Be Blood won. So just like maybe one of the best years ever for Westerns, but definitely like the best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The best modern. Like, that's insane. uh, There's a story where No Country for Old Men had to shut down shooting because they were shooting right next to There Will Be Blood. Yeah, I heard about that. When they burnt all the gas and everything. Yeah. I God, these. Oh my God. I don't. What, Darren? What are your thoughts? Uh, man. So this is this is undoubtedly maybe the most difficult matchup we've ever had on the show. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one is hard. Um, you have no country for old men, which is more of a slow burner. Uh, it's it's very dialogue driven. Um, very character driven. I mean, so is Sicario. Sicario is pretty character driven as well. But I think Sicario is a lot more fast paced than No Country for Old Men. I mean, you have the end sequence where you know they're going through the trenches. They're you know that you find out the big twist. I, I don't want to say. I don't want to spoil it because it's not necessary for those who haven't seen it. If you haven't seen Sicario, fucking see it. Uh, great movie. Um, all of the performances are terrific in all of them. Josh Brolin kills it in No Country for Old Men. Javier Bardem is like the scariest motherfucker ever created. That might no be Country one of World. the best acting performances, just full stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know, man. This one's so hard. I feel like No Country for Old Men almost makes more of... <sighs> I just caught myself when I was about to say something inaccurate, I was about to say no country for old men has more of a social impact than Sicario does, but Sicario has a fucking hell of a social impact. Yeah. I mean that, that twist at the end. Yeah. That's like, Uh. (laughs) that's a huge one. Uh, the soundtrack just adds so much in Sicario to the look of everything and how it's paced. Like just that fucking, Right in the beginning, how it has the long bass chords, and it's just, you know, the the overhead yeah. shot of the cars and the houses and everything. You got the sh- the unforgettable moments where they tear down the walls. Oh, and yeah. I was just inside. about to say, when he shoots, when he tries to shoot her, and then they're like, what the fuck? And yeah. you're like, what's in there, money or what? And then it's like, no. It's not money, body. not drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not uh, a body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, man. God, this one's hard. I'm gonna be mad at myself for whatever I pick here. I, I didn't want. I don't. When I randomize it, I like to leave it random because it it makes it interesting to have the matchups as they are. But like, this could be a final matchup. I feel like these are two. Yeah. It's. It's interesting what you're saying about like. No Country for Old Men being a slow burn. Again, like this doesn't really play into what we're, what we're deciding here. Because at the end of Sicario, I like turned to my friend and I was like, that girl had a fucking rough week. 
Because <laughs> this all happens in such a short of like it never lets up. There's a few scenes where like finally he's like explaining to them what's going on, but at the same time, like you have Benicio del Toro there just like intimidating people. You have all these like illegal immigrants who are about to get bust back. Like it's just still so intense. Yeah. It's and it's uh, like when they're it, in the parts where shit goes really badly in Sicario, I feel like you can really feel it. Almost more, I mean, I don't know. It's been a longer time since I've seen No Country for Old Men than I have Sicario. But I remember feeling the like the weight of Sicario a little bit more. So, boy. I think I'm just going to, I'm going to have to go with Sicario on this one. I feel bad about saying that. Going with my gut. I think I had to pick No Country for Old Men. But this, what's so hard is like that, that movie, so much of my love for it is wrapped up in like the performances and everything, which I'm trying to not take account of, but. Oh, shit. Is there's, this one going to the tiebreaker? There's that scene where Javier Bardem is like, I mean, first of all, like just having the fucking, that, like that alone. Yeah, Jake just put his Jake just put a trigger finger up to his head. The cattle uh, stunner, not a stunner. The, the cattle the prod. Yeah. Wait. The the that, no the I don't know what it is either. What is that thing called? <laughs> Everyone knows what we're talking about if you've seen the fucking movie. Like that's so that's so great. Uh, oh, it's just a cattle gun, I guess. Um, the fact that they made Javier Bardem like when he he said when he looked in the mirror. He was repulsed by himself with just like his hair and his whole look. <sighs> I think this is gonna go to a tiebreaker, Jake. I I think I had to pick No Country for Old Men. Are we gonna use Rotten Tomatoes for this bad boy? Let's let's Rotten Tomatoes the... it. I'll look up No Country for Old Men. You look up uh, Sicario, Sicario. And we'll say it at the same time. Even though I have sort of a feeling what's going to win. Are we doing tomato meter yeah, or I audience think, score? I think I have a feeling what's going to win. Shit, I don't know. Should we get the average of both? Okay. Okay, oh, let's get the average of number. both. Um, okay. Uh, I have the number in my head. Do you have the average? We're getting yes. the average scores of both, right? Yes. Stop saying the average of both. I mean, the average of the critic versus the audience. Yes, I, I know. To, I have to get mine. I have to get mine added up. Hang on a sec. Okay, so I have the score. Rounding up Three. by decimals too. If you ended up with a decimal. Oh, we're rounding up. Yeah, round up. If if you got like a point five, round up or down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, two one. 89%. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> wow. What was the what was the decimal? Uh 0.5. Okay, so this was 89.5. That was 88.5. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. No country for old men wins. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> wow. A a true upset. Yeah. Just joking. Well, not, I mean, <laughs> not but we're not both entirely. upset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's I kind as of close expected. As a, I honestly expected No Country for Old Men to have a higher score, though. 
I thought Sakari was going to have a lower score because it seems like something that not a lot of people would be into. It but it, it was big for a bit. I feel like No Country for Old Men has more timelessness. Here's something that's like fairly telling is that No Country for Old Men has 400,000 re- audience reviews and Sicario has 68,000. So, wow. I, I, like, you know, one's been out eight years longer than the other, but still, like, yeah, that's, wow, that's wild. Yeah. There's only 14 di- review. the difference is only 14 reviews for critics, so really close. Yeah. Uh, as close as they come. Uh, what is the audience score for uh, No Country for Old Men? They're both one point higher. Really? So do they have the same critic score? And 86. Okay. Wait, it's 86? Mm-hmm. On yours? For On Sicario? No Country for Old Men. Oh, and then Sicario's 85. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, I, I thought you were reading Sicario's 86, and I read, I had mine at 85, so I was like, maybe our sources are different. Um, God, both of these, because I was about to say, like, well, this No Country for Old Men, just like the poster is great, but this Sicario poster is so good, too. Yeah, they're fantastic. I oh. even liked, I think I talked about it on the show already, too. I even liked the um, sequel to Sicario. Not as much, not nearly as much. But I thought it was decent. It was somewhat well done. Sicario 2 Blood Men? Yeah, the men, the men of the blood. Okay. Uh, wow. Wow. Um, I mean, what, what better place to end it than that? What an uh, epic we'll come showdown. Back, we'll come back next time to pick our winner. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we're going to go from here. Darren, what are your final thoughts? Uh, I think, I mean, Jesus. We definitely, I definitely need to say something about what's going on right now. I mean, it needs to be addressed. Uh, right now, the news is fucking crazy. There's lots of stuff going on all around the country. Um, and... I just want people to know that uh, you need to stay safe, but you also need to realize your place in in society. You need to realize, you know, like you need to realize, you know, if you are more privileged than other people, uh, take a look at the facts. Don't let people skew skew what the true facts are with their beliefs. Like, you know. What I guess what I'm trying to say right now is fucking as a, as a community, I think white people need to fucking step up right now uh, because we need to call out like a lot of bullshit that's going on. Uh, I, 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 I do not like getting, you know, racial or political. Usually I like making jokes about it, but like right now it's getting too serious. We're literally on the brink of having an all out like war (laughs) between civilians and the police in the U S right now. Uh, I think we just need to be aware. We need to, um, fucking realize if you get some, if you get something or somewhere in life, realize why you have that and 
fucking be grateful for it. Don't take it for granted. A lot of people are taking it for granted. And I don't know. Just realize that, like, imagine if you were just sitting at home one day and you heard that your fucking dad died because he was killed for having a bounce check by a cop. You know, like, just just imagine that. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't want to get too deep into it because this could be, like, in another episode altogether. But, like, I needed to say something. Fucking be on the right side of history here. That's it. I don't even want to make a plug this episode. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same about a lot of stuff. Uh, in some ways, like it's definitely not our place to say a lot of this. So I would say just like seek out, seek out voices that are different from yours. Um, I don't know. I, it makes me too angry to talk about this, really, which is why... Which is why, God, which is why for this to be a comedy podcast, we, d- we, we went the way that we did this episode. Not that it was scripted. That, all that was, uh, that was off improv, the dome. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can see why we once had a paid improv show that we got taken away from us when we had not enough <laughs> guests. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I just think that be good to each other. Try to be nice to everyone. Try to understand where they're coming from. Know that just from how you're born, you've got it better than some people, and some people have it worse than you. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. It's pretty undeniable at this point, I would say. I mean, it's. I'm sure you're not coming to Snickles for your information on what's happening in America right now. You just want to escape. So hopefully we didn't reignite any bad feelings in any of you. We just want you guys to have fun listening to our show. But also, we do want you to be aware that, like, we are acknowledging what's happening. And, uh, you know, uh, we want the right thing to come out of it um i'm sorry i'm looking something up real quick i think that yeah because at times we do need um distractions so i would say you know try to watch a movie first of all watch movies because that's a good distraction but maybe try to watch movies with black actors or black directors or just people different from you because that can help too. I mean, I'm okay. I'm looking up. I looked up the 100 best black movies of the 21st century on Rotten Tomatoes. And these are all great movies: Black Panther, <clears throat> Us, Black Klansman, Get Out, Spider Man into the Spider Verse, Moonlight. I mean, those are all just excellent, excellent movies. Selma, If Beale Street Could Talk. Uh, watch a movie with people who look different than you. Uh. Yeah read about people who look different than you too yeah that's yeah i don't know let's uh uh boy you got a ripcord we can pull on this one (laughs) (laughs) uh bingo boingo bongo everybody no um that was (laughs) 
Hopefully you don't look at that the wrong way. I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm just trying to bring some levity back. Uh, yeah, just stay safe out there, everybody. Um, people can get overzealous, you know, whether it's uh, people on social media or literally in the fucking streets of whatever city you live in. So just figure out, look at other people's perspectives, figure out for yourself what's right and whether or not you need to readjust your own perspective. Uh, everybody so, deserves a life and nobody deserves to die for no reason. To piggyback off of a post Darren put on Facebook today and maybe to bring some levity back into this, uh, if you're going to leave Facebook, the way to do that actually isn't just by posting that you're going to leave Facebook. There's just It's in the settings. You can just do it. Uh, you don't yeah. have to say that you're going to leave. I don't know if that's just an attempt because that's, <laughs> that's not how you leave. Like, just put... Facebook does read everything you post, but just saying that they're not going to delete your account for you. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to. It's <laughs> Facebook. So, yeah, just go into settings. I'm sure it's somewhere in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that is a good way to end this off, Jake. That's good advice. Uh, and maybe do get off of Facebook because that is toxic. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's pretty bad right now. <laughs> <clears throat> I love you all. Uh, let me get let me get one of my favorite directors in here. Never worked with the Deekster, I don't think, but uh, David. What universe? Bye.